nothing would give me honestly more fulfillment than than helping somebody move on and, and get a real job and have purpose and especially if that's what they want to do today on the rising coaches podcast we get to speak with a pittsburgh native with a strong resume including a variety of years as a g league assistant a team usa assistant while also currently running his own prep and training organization called run the show he coached at a variety of places including the university of akron Maine Red Claws, and the Westchester Knicks, while also playing a pivotal role with the successes of Team USA. This coach worked alongside various coaches such as Greg Popovich, Jeff Van Gundy, Brad Stevens, and Tom Thibodeau, just to name a few. We are excited to formally introduce Coach Alan Deep. Our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball are here to help you take your team's training to the next level this season. Get an exclusive discount on the in-game changing features on select Dr. Dish Rebel Plus, All-Star Plus, and CT Plus shooting machines by mentioning the Rising Coaches podcast or let them know that the Rising Coaches organization had sent you just to get your exclusive discount. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Rising Coaches Podcast. I'm Doug Caputo, alongside Alan Major, and we're excited to speak with a former G League, also Team USA assistant, as well as current owner of RTS, which has run this show, Coach Alan Deep. Alan, what's going on? What's up, Doug? Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome, man. Welcome. Even though your name's spelled wrong, we're going to get you. We'll, we'll, yeah, you're allowed, man. Pass. You, can, you can stay. You can stay. You get a one-time waiver. <laughs> so what we're going to do just to give everyone kind of an idea of how things are going to go we'll talk about your coaching career your journey and what got you to where you are now uh, then we'll talk a little bit about where you're currently at with rts and then um, we'll kind of wrap things up with the final segment we call three quick hitters just to let everybody kind of know who you are as a person so to kind of start things off so you started your college, or I should say your collegiate career as a player at Youngstown State, finished up at IUP, which is Indiana University of Pennsylvania, um, and then upon graduating, so we're just going to kind of get right into the nitty gritty. Upon graduating, you spent seven years working in the hotel and casino business in Vegas uh, and worked for two years as an unpaid employee helping rebound for athletes. I read a little bit of a couple articles on you just to make sure to get some some materials, so that's where I'm getting this, but... And that was with Impact Basketball in Vegas until the age of roughly about, I think you said, 32. What hit that made you just say, I want to get back into basketball? So I was really climbing the, you know, the casino ranks. I started on the floor um, taking care of, you know, high roller gamblers and took a finance executive job at the Stratosphere. And it was very much a nine to five. And I am not a desk person. I like to be out there and mixing it up and talking to as many people as possible. And I was sitting there and I was like, this isn't for me. And I was just, I, I was watching the NCAA tournament. My, uh, my partner currently, Steve McNeese, they were coaching, he was at Akron and I was watching them um, in the tournament and I just got the itch again. And I, I decided like, Hey, I'm, I'm sitting here why not try to at least see if this is a possibility? I, I know how hard it is to get into, but um, I said, forget it. Let's go. So I, I started the path, which is unorthodox for your followers, but I, I just, I think it's important that they, 
kind of dive into the details of what they're getting into. I, I love that, Alan, just because, again, what you just said, you know, there's so many different ways to get into this profession. It's not always that clean coming through the front door. Some some guys come through the side door. Some guys come through the back door. A guy like me, I came through the chimney, you know. So <laughs> what were some of the initial challenges when you first decide? Yeah, right when you said, okay, I want to try this. Now it's like, what were what were some of the hurdles that you that you were dealing with? So that's that's really when I I leaned into advice from from Steve because he was a director of ops at Akron, and I just knew like he was really the only connection I had, and he was like, "Out, oh, you got to get in front of as many people as possible." And it's cliche, and everybody says, "Yeah," but it's like, how do you do it? So, like for me, it was getting in front of people with this decision making power. They just have to see you work, all right? And once you're in those types of positions, never say no to a duty, no matter how small or tedious it was. So I was sitting there in Vegas, and I was like, well, what's close to me? And I just happened to look on Hoop Dirt, and I saw Grand Canyon University summer camp. They needed workers. And I was like, well, you know, I'm still in shape. I played. I said, I just asked if I could come work the camp. So I hopped in my car and I drove four and a half hours down to Arizona and I worked the Grand Canyon camp for Dan Marley and got to meet a couple of his GAs and I met him and just, it was little kids camp. And it was, I was like, this seems like a chance to at least get in front of a college coach. Like, I mean, when I tell you I didn't have any connections, I had zero and and I just said, okay. So I hopped in the car. I drove down there. I worked the camp all week. I met his director of ops and just started the networking. So then I was talking to them and they were like, is there anything in Vegas you can do? And I got back to Vegas and I looked up impact basketball and I just started going in and being a body rebounding, passing. I was mopping up sweat. I was helping with our post-grad team whenever I could all after work. So I was working my nine to five switched my schedule to like 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. so that I could get over there for their post-grad because that's whenever they practiced. And, you know, they saw me being a helper, which I knew in the off-season that they did um, draft prep, which is the better players. Like, And and, and Impact really was the – they were like the leader in training. And this was 2016. I mean, guys like Kevin Garnett, Chauncey Billups, whenever they were – we're all there in the off season, and I was just hoping that you know me being around and helping they could use me as a body when those times came. It was all unpaid, and I didn't care. I had a fiance um, who's my wife now, but she was supportive of it. She was like, "Go, go, spend your time there, get your foot in the door." And that's actually what led to my USA basketball opportunity. So USA was in a pickle; they were on. They was getting ready for the. Uh, 2016 training camp, um, which they did in Vegas. And I was like, wow. And they needed a place to unload their equipment because UNLV was doing some remodeling on campus. It was a, it was hectic. And I met Ellis Dawson, who is actually a big, um, yeah, <laughs> he was, a, he was, <laughs> that's the, that's the USA basketball glue guy, right? There, yeah. He's the glue guy. And, and Ellis, I, man. <laughs> I met him and, and impact was nice enough to let them use their facility. And then Ellis said, Hey, we have camp coming up and we need bodies. And that's where, uh, 
I got my real first professional experience was just being on the floor at that training camp. Coach K was the head coach. Yep. And uh, I was just there with a towel on my shoulder in front of all these NBA executives because it was it was a week long camp. I'm 32 years old. I was standing there. Honestly, anytime anybody fell, that's all I did was mopping up sweat, <laughs> unloading boxes of merchandise, anything that USA, like anything that Ellis need help with. I just sat by his side and, and I wanted to earn his trust. So I was able to use that platform to network and, and meet a ton of great people. Well, and then that kind of, I know it kind of boils into a little bit of starting your coaching career. So after, you know, after uh, Vegas, you end up moving back to, or I should say over to Ohio. Um, and you got your coaching career started as a grad assistant in the University of Akron. Yeah. So, so actually I was here, I was thinking like, oh, I met all these coaches and front office guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something in the NBA. And I got and when I uh, nothing, not an interview, but a lot of great contacts. I, I just didn't crack through. So I reached back out to Steve. I said, hey, here's you know, it's been another year now. I got all this, ex, you know, support staff experience. Um, and he was like, well, we have a GA spot. And so <laughs> it was a hard <laughs> sell. It was a hard sell to my fiance. It was we were getting married that year. And um, he said, I, I flew in Akron. I met with Keith Dambrot um, and he offered me the job and I took it. And that was step one of the next six in order to to get what I wanted. So my wife was supportive, like very supportive. And I, I couldn't have done it without that um, because of the financial sacrifice that we were about to make. Cause as everybody knows, GAs make zero. I think actually I made 300 bucks like every two weeks in stipend, which is pretty good and got my master's degree paid for. But Keith Danbrod is not an easy man to work for. <laughs> Yeah, look, safe to say you had uh, some slightly long days. We'll oh leave, man, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at yeah. that. <laughs> and, and I'm not 22 years old. Like I'm, I was 32. <laughs> right. I was used to a nice paycheck, but I knew what I was getting into. Like I knew I had to just say forget it and, and get down to the nitty gritty. And I really thought that like college was going to be my path, but life takes a turn. Um, and we had just finished our 2017 season and Keith Danbrock gets the, um, Duquesne job, which is my hometown. And I'm all excited to go. And uh, I, he asked me to go with him. And actually that my mother-in-law was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer at the time. Okay. And they're located in Portland, Maine. So now basketball takes a backseat unless I can get my family up there somehow. I was ready to quit and just go up and live in Portland and, and fight through with her. So I didn't even know about the G League. And we get to Portland and I see the Red Claws sign. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? So <laughs> thought I, it was a re thought it was a restaurant. Like this, mean, <laughs> Red Lobster sign, got a new uh, offshoot. I, from, thought, uh, <laughs> I thought it was one of these. I really did. I thought it was like one of those semi-pro teams that like, you know, those leagues, it was, it was attached to a high school. And then I see the Celtics logo underneath and I'm like, I got to dig in. So I use my, um, you know, USA, Sean Ford really helped in this process, but he, he reached out and he said, Al, this is the Celtics G league team. This is their development team. And I said, well, I, I got to get here somehow, some way I have to do it. 
And I actually interviewed with Brandon Bailey, who is the head coach, um, first year head coach. He was from the Celtics staff, didn't know me from anywhere. I meet with him. I interview with him. I'm pretty much begging him for the job. He doesn't give it to me. Okay. But he gives me a volunteer opportunity. So I had to take it. I, I take, take it full time or it's not full time. It, it is, I'm all in, but I'm not paid type of a thing. Um, and so I took it and here I am driving the team bus in training camp. It's about to start. I'm driving the team bus, I'm strictly filming practice, like on the tripod. Um, anything that he needed from me, I did. And I'm, listen, I couldn't have been more thankful for that just because he knew the situation that I was in. He didn't have to give me that chance, but he, he yeah. you know, dug deep down in his heart and gave it to me. And as, you know, luck would have it, he saw me work hard for two weeks. Like, this guy is really all in. One of the assistant coaches on the Red Claws takes another G League job the day before real practice starts. So everybody gets elevated up. I become – I go from volunteer to the lowest man on the totem pole, which is great for me. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I think I made 3000 bucks just for the season. But it didn't matter to me because now I was officially on the staff, right? And I just became – so, like, I was pretty much the video coordinator and got to learn from him. And Brandon is known as one of the best defensive minds in basketball. He's currently an assistant coach at Ohio State now. But he was under Tibbs when Tibbs was an assistant for the Celtics. So I said, man, this guy really knows how to work. He he knows, like, how to study and prepare and – during the season, you know, or after the season, the G League ends, everybody goes back to their jobs. Brandon goes back to the Celtics. I had to take a job at Lowe's. Um, so I was working in the outdoor uh, garden area at Lowe's and I was driving down, <laughs> driving down to Boston to help with workouts because it was like an hour and a half, two hours away. But I would just hop in a car and go just to be on the floor in front of Coach Stevens and, and their staff, just again, in a similar role standing there, rebounding, passing, mopping up sweat, whatever it took. And then the following year, he came back and he elevated me to an assistant coach position where I got my first opportunity to have a voice and practice and player development, which is the G League is all about player development. Those Those guys are there to get out of it, which is great because they're coachable at that point in their career, right? And if they aren't, you know, they're not getting that chance in the NBA. They're probably going to have to go overseas. It was a cool opportunity to just see, like, when I was at those Boston practices in the offseason or, or there, um, just the, the guys that were still in town that were there working out just to see how they run and how they operate, uh, just to really dive into the culture of it. Yeah. You know, uh, what you've been saying, there's been, like, this one common thread through everything you've said and it's completely like i mean everybody that's been on this pod has said it in a different way yeah but like you know relationships you know like leaps of faith yep right and then whatever it takes yeah like those three things like you, you you just built you built relationships not even with an expectation right you just said hey i'm just gonna I don't know where this is going, but nice to meet you. Let's yeah. And exactly. Then, and then just the the idea of leaps of faith, like 
you know, leap of faith to, you know, even just working, going from the casino to impact. Like there's, you don't know what's on the other side of that. You just took a leap of faith. I mean, then back to, you know, Ohio, leap of faith. You don't know what's on the other side of the same thing, going up to Portland, Maine, out of the game again for a stretch, right? Until you've figured something out. I mean, and then Red Claws, a leap of faith. And then every single step of the way, man, you've just said, like, I'm going to do whatever, however, and it's going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm serving tea to the governor. Like, it just with the ultimate care and concern and high level, like, those three things that just jumped off the page at me, man. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah, us as cut. I mean, we're in the service industry. Like, we no were, doubt, you have to do it. And what I saw in college is a different level of service than the NBA and the G League. But in the G League, it's it's it, you really get. Um, this is what I tell like guys that I meet is you get a master's in coaching in the six months that you're in the G League because. You have to run that team the same way the NBA runs theirs without the staff. You have three or four coaches, a couple of helpers, and that's it. And you go down to the NBA, and they have 15, 17 guys yeah. there trying to accomplish the same thing you're, you're trying to. Exactly, yeah. Ten of them behind the bench. Nuts. I mean, just oh, <laughs> so many. It, is, it is crazy. It really is crazy. But no, man, I I love that, man. I mean, that's literally everybody that's come on has shared a version of their story in that same way. And I, I really think that's huge, you know, for, for whatever level of listener, whether it's youth to NBA or whatever that right. to this pod. I mean, um, that's that's great stuff, man. You're preaching, brother. Thank you. Preaching. Appreciate it. Yeah. And I mean, everybody, I feel like that's the one thing that people don't want to talk about necessarily either is having to work it you know, having to work in a casino and work your way up, having to work unpaid hours and all that. But kind of going back to when you were with Dambra and then even staying with the the Red Claws as well, was there anything in particular that maybe you took away from those experiences uh, like as a as a coach and kind of the day-to-day that maybe you still use? Yeah, of course. I think today running my own business is kind of like when I was in the college um, landscape to where you have to be so detailed. And that's what I took from coach Dan brought was his attention to detail. Like he knew every single thing about his program from the walk-ons to the managers. It didn't matter. Like he wanted to know what was going on in every facet of his program. So I kind of took that work ethic with me to the G league and the NBA. It is similar work ethic, but like, they're not, it's not, you're in there at six and you're leaving, you know, that's what it was like working in colleges. You're there at 6 a.m. Cause that kids, we have morning practice and then they have school and then you don't leave till the head coach leaves. The NBA has a little bit more freedom, which uh, that, that fits my lifestyle a little bit better. Um, and that's kind of like where I decided to try and grow within the professional ranks. Yeah. And I mean, and following that you go from Boston and then you head over to New York Yep. Um, with the the Westchester Knicks. Yeah. So so, so the following that. yeah so the following season you know Brandon gets elevated. Um, it was his second year as a head coach. He gets elevated back to the Celtics, and now here I am again at the mercy of whoever the Red Claws decide to hire. They actually did not want to um, continue with me, and I had 
to hit the market again. And Westchester, the head coach, Derek Alston, who was an assistant coach for Mike Miller the year before, got the head coaching job. And we had known each other just because we play each other four times a year. He actually played at Duquesne. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame here downtown Pittsburgh, one of their best players and was an unbelievable professional overseas, um, you know, was set up for life after having a long career over there. And uh, he said, Al, I, I need somebody with experience in the G League and somebody that I can trust. And that's where I made a jump and became the associate head coach for him. And, and that's where I got my true first opportunity to have a, a big voice. And it was taking the film sessions, installing an offense. He was unbelievable at helping me grow in that area, which I was had done all the work already for Brandon, you know, just learning the game, the X's and O's, a true student and studying with the film. And that's something that he needed um, because he was an unbelievable presence for the players and he needed somebody to help him, somebody that he could trust in game situations. And the Knicks situation is actually one of the best in the G League because it's a full-time job. So most of the G League is catching up, but the Knicks were ahead of it. You know, they really invest in their uh, G League team. It is a one-to-one situation where we're in the same office as the NBA team. We're in the same practice facility as the NBA team. It was a really great opportunity because we were doing two-a-days. The Knicks would practice, and then we would practice right after them. So we were on the floor. We were helping. However, uh, Coach Fisdale was the head coach at the time before Tibbs. He had us in there. He, he It was very much a one-to-one situation where the, he wanted the G League to run like – the the Knicks do. So we got to go to their practice, see what they were working on, see what they were touching on, and we carried that over into ours. So it's not necessarily being in a high school gym anymore. You kind of no. got a little bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, you don't, you don't have to leave those facilities all day. No, man. no, you, got, you don't want you got to. The, you got That's, the rest of the yeah, little chef in there cooking yeah. for guys. And, oh, you got the chef. Yes. You, you, you have your own weight room. You have your own offices um if you ever had questions the knicks were fantastic about having us just come over and and meet with their staff and talk about what they're installing and and i think that's why they've been so successful and then the big thing i want to mention too um i know you touched on talking about usa basketball but you were with them for eight years with their national team you were a world cup qualifier staff assistant for um jeff van gundy and then I'll just kind of give everybody like more of a little bit of an idea, but an assistant coach for Mike Fratello, also working alongside Greg Popovich, Keith Smart, Tom Thibodeau, Brad Stevens, and that's just a yeah. few. I know you've named a bunch a bunch more, but yeah. give us a lowdown on like those experiences, some things that maybe you learned coaching along them. So whenever, you know, as I grew from that one opportunity I had with USA Basketball, any chance that I could go help with a camp, I would. So I spent a couple of years doing the same thing as I was with at Akron, as I was with the Red Claws. And they were very encouraging to go do that because they knew that if you want to grow, you have to get out there and get in front of great people. So I, I continued to do that and just became a workhorse with USA and Ellis. And then eventually, Sean, once I was climbing the, um, the G League ranks, when they were putting their World Cup stocks, uh, qualifiers together, you know, he thought of me. And because I had so much experience with G League players, and that's who qualified for USA Basketball was the G League. 
because the uh, the FIBA switched the qualifying process and made it in season and the NBA guys weren't going to do it. So the G League actually got a nice little break to help um, go qualify. And uh, whenever I got the real assistant job with Coach Fratillo, it was in a bubble. And um, he was just – he is so sharp. And everybody forgets because, you know, he's been an announcer and in the media for so long. But he's one of the winningest NBA coaches of all time. And he is still on it. And, I mean, if, if I called him, he's ready to talk basketball any chance you get. <laughs> And he's a like old school, which is my style because I'm a little like I'm not a little older, I'm older, and uh, that fit me perfect. And once I saw how he commanded practice, I that's one of the biggest things that I took with me from that was his ability to command the room, his voice, and his attention to detail. And I I thought that was. I didn't expect that just because we didn't have any, there weren't pre-meetings during that bubble. You know, it was just like, Hey, here we are. Let's hop on a zoom. And I met him for the first time and he, he saw the resume was good enough. Sean, you know, with his Sean Ford, I keep refer, uh, referencing Sean as Sean Ford. He's the national director for USA basketball. And, um, really became my mentor in my growth um, with coaching took the time to sit down, grow, uh, talk to me, just try to help as, as much as he could and uh, to see how he carried himself. And, and, I, and I took something from every coach that I was around. So like with Sean, his leadership, with, with Coach Van Gundy, his accountability, Coach Pop was like, there's more to life than basketball. You got to build with your players off the court. Um, coach Danbrod already said his work ethic is unmatched. Brad Stevens was his execution, and then Brandon Bailey, his attention to detail, and then DA, Derek Alston. I don't think anybody has a better poise, demeanor, or presence than he does when, when being a head coach. So I kind of tried to build my own philosophy and, philosophy and take stuff with me that I learned from all those guys throughout my time. I would bet, too, um, now with RTS, with what you're doing, you're basically a head coach. Correct. And the people that you have working for you, like now you're coaching them and you're taking all this big, all the, all the ingredients from this big bowl of chili you just mentioned. So, so I mean, yeah, I get true enjoyment. And this is as I grew, I got so much enjoyment out of helping other coaches that are starting where I started. And so like with run the show, we're kind of heading toward this path of hiring, you know, GAs that didn't get jobs. Um, in, in this coaching cycle, and we just hired a young man that was the head manager for Tom Izzo. He was a, a GA at Washington University, and he was ready to pack up. He didn't get anything this coaching cycle. He packed up his car from California, and he was here to, to take a chance with us. And now it's my job to help guys like that move on and move out of here. Yeah, no, and that that's that's fulfilling, man, because now the the, the, the give back and pay it forward at the same time thing is kind of kicking in. So uh, and I hope uh, I hope guys are listening uh, out there that are in GA or support positions. If they happen, God willing, it doesn't happen. But if they don't get retained here in six months, hopefully they're paying attention to this pod and they can reach out to you because yeah. that's a that's that's real. That's a real part of this business. Like it's going to happen. Yeah, you can't have you cannot have a gap in your resume if you want to climb the coaching ranks, unless you're 
you know, an established coach that was a head coach or an assistant and you don't need it. But if you're young and you're trying to climb up, you can't have that gap. And, and, and I, I, nothing would give me honestly more fulfillment than, than helping somebody move on and, and get a real job and have purpose. And especially if that's what they want to do. Yeah. And, and I, I have to make sure to say too, before we get into the second part of talking about um, RTS. So <clears throat> Actually, Alan majored. So Alan helped me. He helped me a couple of years ago. And I figured since we're on this topic, I was talking with. Tell me, um, tell I, me how I screwed you up. No, tell not you. I'm talking about me. He's talking oh, about you. Okay. Me. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. I just met you. I, I, <laughs> tell me how I, I thought this was a past life. He's talking, past he's talking about the, the real Alan. No. <laughs> exactly. It was, um, I was a grad assistant at Westminster College, a small D3 school. And then I was sending emails, sending texts to anybody, and I was not getting any answers. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do after this. I have no idea where to go from here. So I reached out to a guy who used to coach me in AAU, um, and he's now a current ref in, in uh, Pittsburgh. And he actually goes, I know a guy. Hold on. Let me make a phone call. And he calls me back later and goes, all right, this guy runs a, um, a AAU program. Would you be willing to help him out? I go and meet, I go to practice. I meet deep and I, he, first thing he walks up to me, I remember this perfectly. I'll never forget this. He looks at me and he goes, I'm only helping out. Be, I'm only helping you out because you, you know, a friend of mine, he goes, <laughs> <laughs> so makes, and then I just start, I, I like, it's like a mop, that's what the mafia guys say right there, man. Like, Hey man, like you, he said it with a straight yeah. face and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> okay. and I got nervous. Yeah. But then after that, obviously, I mean, he, he's helped me out tremendously. And that's how we kind of started meeting each other throughout the, throughout the years. Then. Hey Al, I watch the Sopranos nightly. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's a perfect approach, man. Like you, you, had, you had him on his toes from the jump. It's yeah, like, hey, he I'm did. Not screwing. He's have. like, I'm not, I'm not screwing this up. No, nope. he did. He had me on my toes. But I met some great people throughout the process, and then, yep. um, you know, now I'm with one of his best friends coaching uh, yep. here in, in the, at Chatham. So it obviously worked out. Yeah, it worked out perfectly. Talking a little bit about kind of staying in Pittsburgh. I know you. We'll talk about how you're the co-founder and current owner of RTS, how we mentioned that's run the show. That's a program here in Pittsburgh, as well as you are stationed in Cleveland. Um, let's talk about where, like, coaches who want to – I saw you were posting internships, coaching opportunities, and even yeah. things – even athletes. Uh, talk a little bit about how they can contact you and then find your company and, and utilize it. Yeah. we Our website's up, uh, Um, You can reach out to me directly at any time, a deep at run the show us, or you can even call or text seven, two, four, four, six, two, zero, two, one, two. I don't be afraid to reach out. Like, like I was saying, we're hiring guys. Um, and this is actually a cool opportunity because first job in basketball, you're not going to make much money. So if you could use this as a platform, put some money in your pocket, we're only growing. Last summer, when we, we opened the doors here at our own facility in Pittsburgh, we had 12 to 14 pros um, every day that are overseas that live in Pittsburgh. But, you know, this is their home base in the offseason. And we even had a few guys fly in and stay here just to train with us. So this is a good platform to get experience and get on the court. Um, our post-grad program that we started this year um, wasn't part of our original business model and just being around high school kids and seeing the lack of recruitment that they're getting because of the transfer portal, because of the COVID backup, 
Right. Needed a, they needed a spot to go. And, and we're sitting there watching these kids. Like, he's a Division two player. And he has maybe two Division threes that are interested in him. Because even now, even you guys at Chatham, my boy Dave, they're attacking the transfer portal. Everybody's mm-hmm. Everybody wants older, more – as they should. Their jobs are on the line. That they want guys that are in there that are bigger, stronger than what they would get in a high school uh, senior. So we have the building, we have the facility, we have the strength and conditioning program. We just felt like this would be a really good way to hit the ground running um, and, and help the kids along the way. And we ended up getting 10 bodies um, that are all collegiate basketball players. So even getting on the court with them can only help your resume. Well, I think that I love that, Alan, and the, because just to cut your teeth on the player development, like yeah. helping different guys at different positions get better, you know, it, you, you you have to think about it every day, too. Like, how am I going to like, – what's the next deal for this guy? What's the next thing for this guy? Then they're going to get to meet – they're going to get a chance to connect with college coaches as well. Oh, yeah. We have, we have a college coach come to watch practice every day. Uh, it, it is our job, Steve, um, my partner and Tyler Neal, it's our jobs to get these kids more recruitment. And there we've run this very much like a college or a pro program. We have player development sessions before practice. They're on the court, then they're on the film, and then they're in the weight room. And it, it I wish that post-grad was as big as it is now when, when I played, because I surely could have used that year. And the NCAA allows that gap year. Um, where it doesn't hurt your eligibility. So you, you might as well take advantage of it, especially there's nothing worse than going to a basketball situation where you're unhappy and you feel like you're just there to be there. So like the guys that, you know, they had some recruitment, they didn't really like, they didn't love the opportunity that they had. So why not come here, get better, get bigger, get stronger, learn from myself, learn from Steve, learn from our head coach, uh, George Guerra, who we hired, was a Division three assistant from Philadelphia um, to come lead the team and, you know, get better. I guess to talk on, like, real quick, I, I'm not trying to gain competitors out there in the world, yeah. um, but for anybody <laughs> who maybe is interested in listening to, like, start something similar to this, because a lot of people I feel like start this. Now, you obviously have a well-established program, and you guys have a, a huge – plethora of knowledge from all the places that you all your coaches have been like you said you have someone that was formerly with the Cavs you obviously talking about your background and then I know you had someone over that uh, started with you as well as from Duquesne so just talking about everybody's kind of background maybe somebody who is trying to step out of coaching and kind of run something like this is there any advice that you would have for them or even a prep team go into it with the mindset that you are not going to make money for a couple years because if you just if you have the ability to put your own financial needs aside to grow, that's more important than putting money in your pocket. There's a ton of individual trainers out there and they do fantastic jobs. But it's our goal to make this work very much. We put our name and our, our we put our egos aside and this is not about. We could have called it deep in McNeese basketball, but we, we didn't want to do that. We wanted to get a company vision behind it and um, hopefully grow to multiple locations. If, if you can sacrifice in the short term financially, do so to grow. And then for any athletes out there, 
Yep. So, I mean, I guess we'll turn this into a recruiting thing for you. Too, sure. Anybody listening, even athletes talk about a little bit of like the prep team and kind of who you guys are going to be playing and how you can help them. So we joined, we joined a league called Canada United, um, which plays four regional events. You get uh, 15 league games. There's teams from British Columbia. There are teams from Toronto and we'll play four locations. Um, Erie, Youngstown, Cleveland, and Toronto. The coverage that they'll get, um, the work that they'll get here is, and we, when we first launched it, it was very much commuter based, but as we grow, we see, we see the need for it. Um, we'll be able to take in outside, you know, kids from anywhere. We, we have a living, we have food, we have an amazing strength and conditioning program run by Terry Grissetti, Grissetti Performance, who is our partner in that. And then um, you obviously get our player development expertise. But there, we, we, take it, we take on anybody, no matter your situation. It, it, we just truly like helping guys succeed, and especially off the court, which I think is a big need for, you know, the generations coming up because you know, not everybody is so – talkative and and it's very much a me generation right now and hopefully we could change that because if you take that with you into a, a college program you're not going to last very long so then i guess last thing before we get to our final segment i mean is there anything else that either of the allens like to kind of throw in more in general about rts about anything anything um in particular now i i'm just going to come back to what I lo i've loved about this man and i'm going to go back to my the the big three I mentioned earlier, just the, you know, the, the, the building of quality relationships, just can't, it can't be understated yeah. in, in our business in particular. And just again, without expectation. Um, and then the leaps of faith. Um, if you want to move in this profession, you've got to be ready to take some leaps and not know exactly what's on the other side. And then the, whatever it takes, man, like you have, that's been, and, that level of grit and just like, I don't care, no, no matter how big, no matter how small, uh, those three things have just uh, stood out to me throughout this whole deal. And there's, there's a reason why you're successful now. And I think what I love about it on top of all those three things is you've shown that you can still redefine yourself in basketball, oh, yeah. even if it's not on a bench day to day somewhere, like in terms of a college program or sure juco or nba or high school or whatever it is like there's ways to redefine yourself in this game and i think guys you know and ladies out there tuning in they need to hear that as well so oh, yeah. I, i've loved that you you know you kind of you were you were really terrific in one area and then you just kind of redefined yourself and now you're doing great in another area and doug and i would say even this like guys that are don't be afraid to get involved with the division three program like it's we, where i started Absolutely. I got you. I mean, these, it's just one of the best times of my life. <laughs> it's an unbelievable opportunity to see what it's like because they run their, my man, Dave Richards down there who, who Doug works for is came from division one, came from division two. He was a player and, and he has, it is a great level of basketball. I don't think kids realize how good it is. And I mean, they have guys that play overseas when they're done. It's just, you know, it's all about opportunity. So 
don't be afraid to get involved. Even if you just, if, if it's somewhere local and you just want to get on the court, they'll take it because they get no support from the, or very little support from the, and you'll get, and you'll get to do everything. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, That's like you nice get thing. to do, you get to put your hands on everything, which is great. I, mean, I had I to don't... tell Doug to sit down one time. I went to a game and watch. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the head coach or what? <laughs> I'm laying odds on how many technicals he gets this year. Like, no, uh, uh, not me. No, not it's me. Coming. It's coming. I'm yeah, quiet. Uh, no, actually, there's yeah. times where I can, but I'm I'm starting to. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but you just yeah. We, but you're we right though. Answered, you you get we just answered our own deal here. It's coming. <laughs> you get to do so much more. I mean, I'm running the film this afternoon. Exactly. Um. Coach Rich gave me all the opportunities. He, he gave me a list of teams, and he said, these are your scout teams for this year. Make sure you have this, this, and this. And he's still teaching me to this day. Um, even though I have a full-time job at admissions, he's still teaching me to this day. And I, I got to say, like, I've even told him this um, and kind of being loose with what I say. He is – I've learned so much more from him than than any other – and I've only been here for not even a full year yet. Yeah. Because um, I was there for all last season, but I came five games late. And it's just like the amount of stuff that he's learned. And you could tell because I've gone to Robert Moore's practices where he formerly was. And right. you can tell he took a lot of things from there and implemented them with us. So, I mean, he, his wealth of knowledge is is great. It does help. And, out and if time. you think that uh, these, this is for the like those jobs are hard to get. Division three head coaching jobs are extremely hard to get. They're experienced and most likely they've coached at a high level before. And not that D3 is a high, but I'm just saying they. Those don't. Those opportunities are not. You know. Yeah. I, I just I would take full advantage if I was a young man trying to trying to climb the ranks. Yeah, Completely. Doug, you don't even you don't even realize, Doug, how how fast you're growing right now because you're right in the thick of it. Yeah. But you're gonna look back wherever you move next in your next two or three stops. You're gonna look back at this time at Chatham and say, "Wow, like that that my stuff really got accelerated during that period." I don't doubt that. And it all starts because I'm thanking you two. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Thank, thank the real Allen first. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having Doug back. <laughs> hint, hint. I know. Hint, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, we we've, we had a conversation off call uh, before. He brought me in. <laughs> he brought me in for an interview for the head job of their prep team. But yeah. it was just one of those um, – the, I mean, I know we talk about kind of the taking a step back from money, but like having my full time job and being with Coach Rich, especially where I'm living right now, yeah, I signed up. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of things behind the scenes, but um, kind of we'll get into our final segment here. The three quick hitters, just like I said, three questions to let everybody kind of know who you are, learn a little bit more about you as a as a person. So okay. the first one, what we'll do is. Next place that you have on your vacation travel bucket list and why? Bucket list? Or you could I'm, just say next place on vacation. I'm going on vacation in, in, in a week and a half, but I'm a simple man. I go, I like two places, either Delray Beach, Florida, or Las Vegas. Those are my two. I don't need to go experience. I thought them. Vegas was going to resurface at some point in this <laughs> yeah. conversation, man. Like, yeah. I could, I, I, I'm an old school. I, I know what I like. Delray Beach has great food. The, the, the water's right there. Um, obviously, the weather. And then Vegas, that's my roots. So, yeah. It's getting cool. It's getting, at, least it's, at least it's, you know, you won't suffer out there. It's in the yeah. 80s out there now. So, right. like it, it's beautiful out there this time of year. Yeah. Bucket list, though. Bucket list, though. I, I think the Greece tour would be cool. 
Grace would be nice. Yeah. And then for you going into work, I mean, I know you're kind of, you, well, you are your own boss, but do you have an essential part of your daily routine when you get into work? Yeah. I have, no, before work is, is my routine. I have to work out and I have to steam. Have, have to. to steam. Have and then you got to get one of those big fat coffees to walk into, right? Exactly. So <laughs> every time I see him, he's got this big Dunkin' Donuts cup. Yes. So my dad put that in the area. He goes, listen, man, all you coaches do is sit around and drink coffee and talk hoops. You don't talk about anything else. And turns out he's right. <laughs> and that's that's someone who knows basketball. His dad's been running camps around around the Pittsburgh area for I, I mean, I don't even know how long. Yeah. Um, he's been he's he's got his foot in the door with with basketball as well. And then the uh, the last question. So I mentioned I read a little bit of an article on you and I saw something. Now, this was years ago, and obviously a lot has changed. But you talked about taking a GM role in the future. Yeah. So my last question is whether it's that that has changed or what's next for Alan Deep in your career, um, you know, excelling in RTS or looking for something else. So the thing with basketball um, when I was climbing up was, uh, you know, the front office was something that intrigued me along as I grew. but. The more I dove into the X's and O's, I kind of put that aside. But it was a path I was willing to take if I did not get anything coaching. Uh, I've had a lot of guys that helped me, Bill Pope, who was an assistant coach in the NBA. He ended up in the front office um, and, you know, he really enjoys breaking down players and, and, you know, really diving into reports and stuff like that. So I was willing to uh, go that route. I didn't have a need or an opportunity for that. Um, but my sole focus right now is grow and run the show, really killing it in our area and in Cleveland. And I really love growing with the guys that we decided that I decided to do this with. Um, we all gave up full time coaching positions, which a lot of the listeners would would kill to have our, our old jobs. So I, I don't take that for granted at all. But um, now the sole focus is to grow this into a monster and, and really trying to I, I think the next in the, in the spring and summer is to, to grow that pro group to where it is one of us, the like most sought after spots to come train because, you know, the high level guys are always going to go to Vegas and to Florida, LA, LA, wherever their agents was, but there's a ton of players who just want to get in good work and they just want to get in the gym and they, they're, they're so locked in on their journey that this place is perfect because it is a basketball heaven here. And, They'll get the best work, the best strength and conditioning, and and you know really get ready for their their overseas or G League paths. You gonna be the Eastern version of Rico Hines, man? Get those yeah. Rico Rico Hines runs going on yeah. out in Pittsburgh, man. <laughs> I'll touch on those runs because the when we like last summer our building wasn't built, but there are a ton of Division two, II, Division three players in our area. And they have – it's not like the old days where we would just go play pickup, Al. Like, these kids need organized runs. So we started playing once a week at North Allegheny High School. They have a three-court facility. And um, every night, every Wednesday, we had 45 to 60 kids in the gym. And that was probably one of the coolest things that we've done with real referees, jerseys, yeah. uh, nice. a king of the – Winner, winner's court, loser's court. Yeah, yeah, winner's court, loser's courts. We tracked records 
And I mean, we had guys coming from everywhere because it, it kept growing. And we were like, we're, we got three full courts here and we got 60 guys like this is going to keep growing. We go and we ended up putting some some local media behind it because the, they don't get enough attention. I don't think the Division three and Division two players that are there are, that have a, a, a love for the game and to provide them with an opportunity to play a real organized run was uh, pretty cool. And then the final thing that we have that we ask everybody on here. So if you had to narrow down to one, I know you covered a lot already, uh, yep. but your best top piece of advice for young rising coaches, and then how can they accomplish that piece of advice? Like I said, I, I would just work. If you have, if you were like me and you have no connections, you, you got to get your foot in with those camps because it, it, they're everywhere, whether it be a Nike a Nike camp in an area, whether it be, like I said, even like a Chatham University camp, somebody has somebody, just one person, and then it starts, it just grows from there, has to see you actually doing work. And the the big one with the, the never say no to a duty is if somebody asks you to do something, just do it. Because then with that becomes more trust and more responsibility. And then before you know it, you know, you're with the head coach, you know, you're, you're offered to go pick him up and take him to get his coffee and, and just spend as much time. Once the relationship is built, that's what somebody, that's what those guys want. That really does it for us. Alan, again, thank you for hopping on, sharing your experiences with us. And that does it for another episode of the Rising Coaches podcast. Again, I'm Doug Caputo alongside Alan Major. Keep working, keep rising coaches. Video analysis is expensive, and I'm sure your budget isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels from D1, D2, D3, all the way to high school. Their Angles product is similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of their D1 teams and conferences such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, A-10, or even the NBC, just to name a few, have made the postseason. All this while saving thousands and thousands of dollars a year compared to their old companies. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to save more money? All you have to do is reach out to at Fulcrum Tech on Twitter or reach out to their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com via email and be sure to mention if you are a rising coaches member for the rising coaches podcast do more spend less with fulcrum tech i want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode if you are not a member want more content or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard go visit risingcoaches.com Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.